0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds and every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We'll support you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% deposit match at thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Also will support you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to stablejewel.com and get started today. Also will support you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app now or go over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000.
1: hurriedly into the lead I think I heard the VAR say Stuart well an impact offside decision so in other words Harry Maguire was in an offside position when he made that block exactly it's been ruled out ruled out stress again ruled out for offside Fernando Fernandez has found Marcus Rashford forces back Roberts and plays in Shaw and there's Topper who ruffles it into the rigging and Manchester United do strike with vigour and purpose Paul Topper is at it again Sancho Shaw on the underlap Sancho has found him there is Luke Shaw, and somehow Pope are across to make a startling save. Eyeball to eyeball with Cavani. Fairness to Cavani, there's not a lot he could have done differently. Is that be had to wait for the ball to arrive. He did, he did. But I think he he still thought, well, Pope's not going to get across. That's that's why we're praising the brilliant keeper. The high starts start of the second half is about Weghorst, grab a little ball here for Jay Rodriguez! one land their first punch! And the new front pair have made frames big time. What a smart ball from Weghorst, and what a certain finish from Rodriguez. a crack and save from the head as far as Sancho right again from Fernandez. A space here for Rashford away from Beckhorst to Rashford wiggling this way and that and finding Varane who is deprived of very close order by Nick Pope this is good skill by Varane but he just didn't get enough power behind it with the, the little flicky attempts here
0: You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. It's at Bet MUFC. At Bet MUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter account. It's at SGP Soccer. At SGP Soccer. You may already think you're already following it, but we swapped the handle over to a new account. The account you're probably following is at LockBettingCom. So make sure you are following at SGP Soccer. If you're not following at LockBettingCom, make sure you're following at LockBettingCom. Because over on at Soccer, we're going to keep it solely focused on soccer and podcasts. We're going to put out some soccer free plays, and you'll get all the podcast information over at LockBetting.com. It's all about LockBetting.com. So you are going to get all of the p ls posted to that page. It's always going to be the pinned tweet. You're going to get all of my opinions. You can interact with me. You can send me DMs to ask me about the LockBetting.com service. And if I have free plays in other sports, they will be posted at LockBetting.com. So we are separating sports. Sports and soccer. So at SGP soccer for the soccer. And at lockbetting.com for lockbetting stuff and at betmufc for Manchester United. To get all of my additional content, head over to lockbetting.com. That's my service where I have delivered 104 months in a row of transparent truck profit. And we are well on the way to month number 105. When we get to month number 108, we can say we are undefeated in sports betting for nine years in terms of us not losing a single month. No losing month so far in the 104 months we've been around. If you go to the pin tweet at lockbetting.com and look at that PL, Go to the bottom of the PL and click the PL tag. You can see all of the other previous PNLs. We use Patreon. It's all it's all transparent and tracked. People can leave comments at the bottom, and they do. And this is 2022. People are very woke. Cancel culture is very much alive. There will be no way for me to lie about this. It is a transparent track fact backed up by over 100 members and we have delivered this profit. There are no plays on the spreadsheet where I didn't give them out or there are no plays taken away that will lose us. All the plays are real plays and we do have 104 months in a row of transparent track profit. So if you want to come aboard the journey, this is a great weekend to start as we have the Super Bowl. We have a UFC card. I'll be covering both of those in separate podcasts on the show. Of course, we have domestic soccer action. We have the NBA every single night, and we have the Champions League returning in the midweek. So this is a great week to join over at LockBetting.com, the service that has delivered 104 months in a row of transparent track profit. Moving on to Manchester United, we drop points again away to Burnley, and I dropped a lock, put my lock here on Bet Mufc. And it turned out being the sixth lock that I've dropped in the EPL this season. That's six out of 30. So 24 and six is pretty good. In fact, it's amazing. It's 80%. I'm on course for my best lock record of the season. But that was a sickening, sickening loss. If you listen to the highlights there, you would have heard Manchester United should have been four up at halftime. The Cavani miss was shocking. And the two goals that we had disallowed were, were terrible. Now, some people have made excuses for the first goal. I understand that because Harry Maguire was in an offside position and he apparently made a block but I say apparently I think it would have taken a miracle for the Burnley player to come across and cover Rafa Randev for that header that's a big assumption that Harry Maguire moved from an offside position and blocked a player who was 10 yards away from Vafra Varan, who, who scored the goal that went into the back of the net, and a big assumption that that player was going to somehow stop Varane from scoring when Vafra Varan was marked by his own player, and Maguire was marked by the player that he ended up blocking. So how can you say that Maguire stopped the player from clearly stopping a goal when there's when that's when that's a huge assumption when that wasn't the player that was marking Varane in the first place Varane out his own marker and, and managed to score a perfectly good goal. But obviously you can make the case for Maguire blocking the player and having some interference and involvement in that goal. Fine. But how do you disallow the second one? Is this the NBA? Are we giving fouls for stuff like that where two players are, are being physical with each other in the box where they're both anticipating a cross coming in? One Burnley player comes that goes down to the ground as if he was touched by a feather and they decide to disallow the goal. The, 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 the incident had no bearing on the goal whatsoever. It was an own goal scored by another player who wasn't involved in the move at all. It wasn't in a position to, to, to do anything. It was him and Pogba, Pogba tussling in the box. A ball went in independently of that situation, went in off another player and went in. There's absolutely no reason to be disallowing that goal. And at the same time, as I said, Man United plenty of chances even in second half where we're supposed to play terribly cristiano ronaldo had had two clear-cut chances i mean the header from a corner is awful this is very much a man in form. And i'm hearing through the through the media that ronaldo wants to have these big deadline talks ronaldo wants to have these immediate talks about his future well that's all good and well but ronaldo is part of the problem at the moment ronaldo is if not my favorite player of all time, one of my favorite players of all time, he's definitely the, the, the my favorite player from my time watching football. Obviously, going back and watching documentaries and, and, and things about Maradona, I think that's a player that I can most relate to. I, I like my sportsmen to be interesting. I don't like these these boring guys like uh, like Roger Federer. Um, obviously, I respect everything Messi done on the pitch, but for me like there's there's nothing exciting about Messi's off field personality like Maradona's a a, a big character and an unbelievable footballer so for me I lean a little bit towards Maradona, if anyone asks me, my favourite player ever, but but Ronaldo's not far off in in second place. And you could even argue that he really should be my my favourite player because he's a player that I've actually lived through and watched and and, and been to see. But at the moment, despite all of that, and despite the fact that he's in phenomenal shape for 37 and probably is in better shape than most 32, 33-year-olds, or maybe even... I mean, I'm talking about footballers. I mean, he's in better shape than than most 21-year-olds or, or teenagers. He's in incredible shape. He's ridiculous. The things he does to keep his body like that and the way he stays fit and active is unbelievable. But he is missing guilt edge chances, and he's done it for a, a while now. He hasn't scored for five games, which is a huge drought for Ronaldo, and he is missing chances. He missed the penalty against Middlesbrough. That's why we're not in the FA Cup. He missed a chance, a clear-cut header, towards the end of the Burnley game that would have won us the game. Ronaldo is missing chances. He is not the guy that he was at the start of the season where he was saving us. He got us through the Champions League. And granted, we're in the Champions League because of Cristiano Ronaldo. That is a fact. Ronaldo was saving us. Ronaldo, you could argue, was a part of a one-man team. He was carrying the team at times earlier on in the season. That's not the case now. Ronaldo is out of form. Ronaldo is part of the problem. Ronaldo can't be saying at this moment in time, These players are terrible. These players are part of the problem. I'm too good to be here. Uh, That's not the case at the moment at all. I don't think anybody would be looking to sign Cristiano Ronaldo on his wage... ...based on how he's played in the last five, six games. I just don't think that's the case. So we need to see a little bit more here from Ronaldo. I felt Cavani contributed a little bit more than Ronaldo. He, he works a lot harder up front. He contributes towards the pressing game. He's a little bit more suited to what Man United are trying to do. He's a little bit more suited to what Man United were doing previously. Whether we're a pressing team... Or a counter attacking team, Edson Cavani or a player like that suits us. Ronaldo being this box poacher is a very different player. He's a player that needs service. He's a player that needs balls into the box. We're not getting crosses in from Rashford and Sancho. We've not got the fullbacks to put crosses in either. We're not getting crosses in from TELUS or Shaw or, or Wambasaka or Dallo. I mean, Dallo's a player who can deliver the ball and he should be a better outlet for Cristiano Ronaldo. And we have created chances for him recently, but he hasn't taken those chances. So. Ronaldo, despite him possibly, or or so they say, going out there and saying that he wants to leave the club, he wants to find a new club, etc., he is as much part of the problem as everybody else. But the positives are... The first half, we completely outplayed Burnley. I'll be surprised if if Liverpool even outplayed Burnley to that extent where there should be four or five goals up at the half. But the facts are, we weren't. We switched off for for one minute. And as soon as we um, didn't have the momentum, as soon as it swung a little bit, we were unable to deal with that swing. We dominated the game against Middlesbrough. But that was another game where we were unable to capitalise on our dominance. And if you don't capitalise on your dominance, you don't want to be caught off guard when the other team are going to inevitably make some chances we can't go through an entire game not allowing the other team any possession not allowing the other team any corners not allowing the other team shots on goal yes that's obviously going to happen the other team are going to have their turn to attack but when they do It cannot result in a concession of easy shots on targets or or goals. We, We can't allow that. We can't allow David De Gea to continue being our player of the month, month after month. We have to be able to control the game better than that. Yes, it's good to dominate games. And it's better if you dominate games and score goals, obviously. But if we don't... Make the most of that dominance. Once the other team then take their turn to attack, which is inevitable because you can't attack, attack, attack throughout the game. Once the other team are in the ascendancy, we need to better cope with that. Burnley created very few chances. Middlesbrough created very few chances. Yet we've ended up drawing both of those games, two games that we dominated and should have scored more goals and won significantly. So this is a problem Ralph Ragnick needs to address. However, it's not as bad as things look Things look towards the end of gonna soul Solskjaer. And I know that's a very backhanded compliment. And I know that's a, a very big reach at optimism. But you have to be optimistic about something at the moment. Spurs are dropping points. Arsenal are dropping points. West Ham are dropping points. Nobody's grabbing fourth place by the throat. That is the number one target at the moment. I know there's some fans who who say we're still in the Champions League and they're very, very optimistic. But I'm still optimistic enough to know that the teams in and around us, West Ham aren't good enough for the Champions League, and Arsenal and Tottenham are notorious bottlers. So... There is room for optimism there. If we can get things right, if we can make the most of our dominance, then that's going to be a very, very positive step forward. And the fact that we're even dominating games at the moment is a good thing. We look good against Borough, particularly in the first half. We look good against Burnley. We just need to be able to play the full 90 minutes and deal with a change in momentum. And that's what I look for Manchester United to do moving forward. Let's have a listen to what Ralph Ragnick had to say the story tonight Ralph is it similar to Friday nights you need to be more clinical uh, well we
2: scored three goals uh, <laughs> different from last Friday uh, when we only scored one goal in the first half tonight we scored three goals and I thought especially the second one that was disallowed I, I watched it right now in the locker room, and
0: uh, is this the one with Pogba? Pogba's the linesman flagged
2: foul, but yeah. he flagged it ten seconds after uh, after that uh, that incident, and uh, this was a very soft decision, I must say. Um, but again, we played an excellent first half. I thought uh, we controlled and dominated the game. Um, we scored three goals, but only one. Uh, two were uh, disallowed, um, and then the second half, the first 15-20 minutes, we were just not aggressive enough. Um, it was clear that they would come out uh, after the break in a, in a more aggressive uh, way to play, but uh, we were not aggressive in, the, in those first 15 minutes, and that's why we gave away the goal. We had a very good counter-attack situation uh, 30 seconds before we conceded the goal. And uh, the way that we allowed them to score was also we didn't defend the whole situation well. um, And that was, at the end, again, a frustrating night for us because we should have won that game easily after the first half. And even in the last 20, 25 minutes, we had full control and dominated the game. But we were were not as as, uh, decisive enough as we were in the first half.
0: How do you get that killer instinct back?
2: Well, as, as I said, we scored three goals in the first half, so uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't blame the team for not having a killer instinct in the first half. But uh, yeah, in, at the end, in the last 20-25 minutes, uh, as I said, we had a lot of uh, set pieces, a lot of free kicks, corner kicks. Uh, in the end, it was also a little bit a question of luck uh, uh, with Rafa Varane, uh, the header of Cristiano, the header uh, of, of Harry Maguire. But uh, again, in the end, one point for a performance like this is just not enough.
3: Thanks
2: very much,
0: Ralph. Thank you. Yeah, that's what Ragnick had to say. What was interesting is, um, is the press spoke to Harry Maguire afterwards. And Harry Maguire was absolutely hammered by the Man United supporters on Twitter. And rightfully so. His performance was awful again. The Burnley goal shouldn't have happened. Man United should have started the second half better. But Maguire had numerous opportunities to deal with this. And he was the guy that they chose to, to talk about afterwards. Rio Ferdinand said it was a performance that he would like to erase. So we're going to listen to Rio and then we're going to listen to Maguire. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on his performance
4: tonight. Yeah, I think he'd be disappointed. I think first half he looked assured. Him and Raphael Varane looked very assured as a centre-back partnership. They were... They were a the dominating team. Um, but second half, like you said, they, the team didn't come out at the races. And that team took, you normally... I keep going at places like Burnley here, where you know their crowd are going to be up for a, a second half. That first five minutes of the second half is as important as any minutes in the game almost, because you know that. Listen, they get one goal, then it's an avalanche. They're going to be coming at you. The, the crowd are up, tough, tough, tougher, even. And you can make it easy by starting doing the basics right. And they didn't do that. They give the ball away. Their intensity wasn't there. And They got overrun and overpowered in that first five ten minutes of the second half. And then obviously the goal. The goal was 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 poor on Harry's Harry's part. I'm sure. Again, behind closed doors, he will take responsibility for that. He don't need to come out here and, and, and go crazy about it. And he'll need to iron that out. But I think he, even even the, uh, the the challenge he made just over the halfway line, um, that, that he's lucky to stay on the pitch because I, I feel the striker's running on goal there and going to have a chance of goal. So.
3: Harry, that must feel like two precious points have got away tonight. Yeah, of course. Um, I think you've seen the first half and then... Yeah, the first 10 minutes of the second half, we didn't start the second half, uh, half well enough. we got control again, and we've got to win the game. We, we know the amount of chances that we've created. We've got to be more clinical. We've got to find that second goal. I think everyone knows in, in football that the crucial goal is is the second one to, to to make it a little bit more comfortable, and then you can really express yourself. So, um, yeah, definitely it's two points drop. You took a grip on the game in the first half. You had control, as you say. Great goal from Paul Popper as well. It seemed to be flying. So this
0: is again the missing the missing part of the jigsaw that, that clinical finish
3: yeah definitely well you, you come to places like this and we wanted to dominate the game of course um, but for sure when you come to Burnley away you're not going to dominate 90 minutes they're going to have a spell of 5-10 10 minutes in the game if, if, if you're playing well so we've played well throughout the game but there's been a spell in that where we've, we've got to see it out better we've got to not concede the goal in that moment I think it happened against um, Middlesbrough on Friday as well we conceded the goal where they had the, the little spell of pressure um, but of course we, we've created enough chances um, in the first half alone to, to win the football match and we've got to be a little bit more clinical uh, from everybody yeah it's a bit of a flaw in the defense for that equalizer they came out with intensity and of course
0: rodriguez runs across your line there
3: yeah it was a disappointing goal on our behalf to, to concede i mean straight after half time, we come out and we started really sloppy we gave the ball away two or three times in the first couple of minutes and we invited a little bit of pressure and obviously yeah it was a, a last man challenge so I, I, I didn't want to make the tackle. I, I uh, obviously, he, David was so close to saving it, but it's a good finish. But we had we had long enough in the game to to, to come back from that and to, to try and find that winner. But uh, we created a few chances, uh, a lot of bo- balls across the box, and a lot of crosses in in which. Um, you need just something to fall through. I think Cristiano had two headers as well, but of course it's disappointing. We come here, we we expect to win the football match, and we demand on ourselves to win the football match. So it's disappointing in that. VAR involved in a couple of decisions. One of them involving you as well was was it a block? Was it offside? I mean, it went against you. I think he's he's gave it offside. Um, it wasn't a foul, he said, but he's he's giving it offside. But. Um, interfering with the player I don't really know I actually made my run early because I missed time my run and then I just managed to try to get back onside um, and it did end up being a, a little bit of a block but it, I don't think uh, I think it was Rodriguez who I blocked I don't think he would have been heading the ball and affecting affecting the goal which Rafa scored so it's a decision that was made I think the, the, the other one which was um, Paul's which was judged for, for the foul I think that's um, yeah it's definitely not a foul Harry thank you very much thank you
0: What's to unpack there? Um, I don't want to go too in on Maguire because I want to keep this show short. There's loads of content coming from me this week. got fight show, NFL shows, the usual football shows, etc. So I don't want to go too in on Maguire. I agree with some of the stuff he said. Um, Yes, he said what I said in terms of we have to deal with spells better. Obviously, teams are going to get spells. I alluded to that earlier on when I was talking about the game. Yes, I agree with the goals. There's no way that Rodriguez would have affected what Varane was doing. I mentioned that and uh, I spoke about the the other goal as well that was disallowed where I, I just didn't see why that one was disallowed. I agree with all of that. One thing I don't agree with what he said was in terms of not wanting to make the the challenge in the box because he was the last man. So, So what, just let the guy shoot and score. Let's, let's not even attempt to make a last-ditch ditch challenge. We we, we see last-ditch ditch challenges all of the time, easy for me to say. And um, what's he doing? Is he playing a false five? Has he created the, the false number five position? We have a false nine. What's Maguire, a false five? Is he just there to to have a a presence in defence, but not to actually make any tackles. He should have made the tackle ages ago and certainly should have tried to make a last-ditch tackle so Rodriguez didn't have a a one-on-one shot against David De Gea. I, I didn't agree with that. Um, obviously it goes without saying, he's having a very, very terrible season. What's happened to the Harry Maguire that was so good in the Euros and good last season and the Harry Maguire that has statistically improved Manchester United as a defence since he came along? I don't know. It's harsh to judge him on on one season or even half a season, but he's been so bad. He's been so bad this season. It's difficult not to, but we can talk about Maguire in the future. On a future show, what we'll do is... um, uh, show on going through the whole squad and if I think we should keep them or get rid of them would I be happy to see them leave or would I be happy to see them go or, or do I care so we'll come up with some kind of format where we run through the whole squad and uh, we'll do like a stay and go thing maybe on a on a quieter week where we don't have as much content to do but at the moment we want to move onwards and we want to move on to this week's game as Manchester United are at home to Southampton actually not going to this one I have uh, another couple of games to go to this month going to the Brighton game on Tuesday and going to the Watford game later on in the month then going to the Spurs game in about a month's time so decided to miss this one out Uh, Man United are the 8 to 13 favourites to win it on the money line it's 10 to 3 on the draw and it's 19 to 4 on Southampton This is going to be a difficult game. Southampton always is. And we saw that Southampton just got the win away to Tottenham. They did Man United a favour and they could do us another one here by by not turning up for this game. But we know that's not going to be the case. And we know we are finding it difficult to defend at the moment. What we need from this game is to score when we're on top and when Southampton have their spell, not to let them concede a goal. Uh, Not to let them score a goal, sorry. But I'm not confident that this team are going to do that. So I automatically have to continue going with both teams to score. This has been a winning bet in Southampton's last nine games straight. So this isn't just about Manchester United. This is about what Southampton have done. And both teams to score has been a winning bet in nine straight games. So we're going to have to ride it here automatically. That selection has actually also been a winning bet in four games. Of Manchester United's last five games and six of the last seven Premier League meetings between these sides have seen both of these two finding the net, including the game I went to earlier on in the season, where Man United drew one-one away to Southampton, and it could have been a lot more game, lot more goals. Sorry, in that game as well. So, both teams to score here, being available at ten to eleven, it's ten to eleven. Yes, ten to eleven. No. I would be going for yes. I think Manchester United will win this game because I think Southampton really pulled it out of the bag in midweek and Man United should have scored a lot more goals here. I just can't see Man United continuing just to score one, to score one, to score one against Nottingham Forest, to score one against Berlin. There has to be a team where we play against them and we take these chances. We can't continue to just keep scoring one goal. We're creating too many chances. We're actually playing well. And hopefully everything goes right in this game against Southampton and we do get the win. But we have to be wary of this team. They scored three goals against Tottenham. This is a side that are managed by Antonio Conte. He is trying to organise them defensively. Obviously, he can't work miracles. I don't think Tottenham have the personnel there to be a top-quality defence. an ageing goalkeeper. They're trying to get a... A lot out of Eric Dyer and Romero, I believe that's usually the the defensive pairing that they go with. And um it's very difficult for Conte there to keep clean sheets, but three goals is a is a decent return for Southampton and they're gonna be dangerous here. And I think we've gone with the best play, but obviously I'm hoping that Manchester United come away with the points. That's for me in this edition of Better MUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always, and thanks for listening.